Hi there. Thank you for joining me for episode two of Truth and Lies. I really appreciate you coming. I'm recording this very, very late on February 17th, 2021. So it may actually be posted on the 18th. I didn't really know what to talk about today and I had many different ideas because there's so much going on in the world. And so I just sat there finally and said, okay, I need some guidance here. What should I talk about? And what came was talk about the food. So I said, okay, I'm going to talk about the food. About a year ago, everything in my life currently and maybe in yours as well has is directly co uh, connected to what's happening with COVID-19. I mean, I think that it's affecting most of the people in the world in many of the aspects and facets of their lives. So one of the things that is being affected is uh, food. I uh, came across someone called Christian, and he titles um, his pages and, and uh, video casts, um, well, videos, I guess, not video casts. He calls himself the Ice Age Farmer, which I think is a really cool name. Prior to COVID-19, if I'm not mistaken, he was more always into trying to teach people, you know, how to grow their own foods, which he's, I think he still is. But mostly what he talks about these days, which I find uh, very interesting and uh, scary, is he somehow, I think, has become the voice in uh, watching what's happening with the world food supplies. So for various reasons... Um, Many of them uh, connected to COVID-19. So, for example, farms that didn't have enough employees to be able to pick the crops or bankruptcies, um, not being able to transport the goods because borders were closed. It affected the, the chain supply and how food was distributed. And we may have not really noticed it that much, but it's because there were, according to Christian, uh, you know, there was reserves of certain grains and stuff like that. And now these reserves are low. So um, when he speaks about um, how the food supply might be affected, or he firmly believes it is affected, it got me to thinking, you know, what can I do um, in case this is really happening? So I live in an apartment, I have a small balcony, I can't really grow much food, but um, what I decided to do is I decided to buy staples of food that uh, won't go bad for a year, two years, dry goods, that I eat anyway, and I decided to, every time I went shopping, I decided to buy larger quantities and, you know, to fill up my cupboards with it. And I did that over a period of time. And one of the reasons I did it also is because if uh, what Christian is saying is true and if the food supply um, becomes, um, you know, affected uh, more and more, then what will happen is the pricings will go up and the price could go up quite a bit. So I said, I think it's a smart investment in time. And uh, so I bought, you know, I'd buy stuff on sale and I bought all stuff that I eat anyway. So I thought it was a good investment to do that. I also got uh, water, uh, which I never buy uh, bottled water, but I decided to buy some in case for whatever, you know, uh, we lose uh, f for a short period of time. Uh, if there's, uh, you know, the water shut off, at least I'll have some water. 
And I also bought um, quite a bit of uh, cat food for my cats. So every month, what I did is I doubled up and I bought uh, double. Um, and one of the reasons I also did that was because I heard, as I found disturbing, is that um, they're starting to, uh, a lot of money is starting to be invested in insect farms. And I personally don't want to eat any insect protein, but um, this apparently is a new venture and some people are deciding to invest in that and they're going to create foods that are made with insects. And I heard that uh, Purina had at least one of their items currently that substituted um, their meat in their product. Their, I think it's dog food. I don't think it was cat food. I think it was dog food with insect protein. So I decided, no, that's, that's not what I want for the cats. So I bought extra cat food and I have a several months supply of that. I also got a little freezer which I'm thrilled that I did. And I put a lot of frozen vegetables in there. I eat tofu because I'm not a meat eater, so I put some tofu in there. And I also decided that um, I wanted to... What I could grow in my apartment is sprouts. And sprouts are very simple. All you need is water. You don't need any fancy equipment. You need maybe mason jars, and you can either cover the mason jar with a cloth or with a special mason jar lid that has holes in it, and off you go. You can grow your sprouts in three, four days. You have some nice sprouts growing. So I decided to plan ahead just in case, because it sounded wise to do so if the information that Christian has been gathering over the last year is actually true. And I suspect that it is, because what's also happening is many countries were affected the same way North America was, and um, and they're stockpiling now. They're not uh, exporting what they used to export, or they're exporting a lot less. So it's like the countries are holding on mostly to their grains and um, so that they have enough to feed their own people. So there's a big shift in how the food is distributed. Um, this is a new world to me. I never honestly paid any attention to it. I live in Canada, and a lot of our... A lot of our food does come from the U.S., so if there's shortages there, it could affect, um, and I have to be honest, he doesn't speak that much about Canada. I don't know what the food situation is here, but we have many provinces. It's a colder climate. You can't grow anything uh, in the winter, so we only have several months. Maybe in the western province in uh, B.C., maybe things are better there and they can grow. I'm not sure. But um, we have a very a much shorter growing season, let's say, than in the warmer, warmer parts of the U.S. So I hope that that was interesting to you. It's, um, it's not a very long podcast that I'm going to have today, but I felt compelled to speak to you about this um, because, A, my intuition told me to. So maybe there's somebody out there who has to hear this. Oh, there's something else that I plan on doing, too, is I said to myself, okay, uh, now because we're hearing a lot of what's happening in Texas, poor them. And I mean, uh, you don't expect snowstorms in Texas. And I saw these terrible videos of, you know, these, what happens, you know, 
is that the water freezes in the pipes and then the pipes burst all through the house and you have this water pouring in everywhere. It's devastating. I saw some videos and I felt so bad for these people because it cost a fortune to clean that up after. And then you have to special, you know, make sure whoever's fixing it, you know, everything gets ripped off your floors. You got to rip off the walls uh, because this was just pouring in. You know, if it, you have to open up your walls to see where where the water went, it's a disaster. I feel terrible for these people. I really, really do. And now they're stuck in the cold, and their stores are closed, and some people have no food, and um, it's 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 terrible. So um, we had a. Not exactly that experience, but similar. Uh, I can't believe it's already in 1998. Quebec had an ice storm. For five days, uh, it was freezing rain. Everything was frozen. You couldn't walk on the street barely. My car was frozen to the road. Um, everything was shut down, basically. At one point, we were so happy that we found the McDonald's we can actually go get coffee from, that they were able to serve us coffee. Uh, to warm up a bit. It was uh, in January, and it's very cold here in January. So it was um, it was quite uh, quite nightmarish. And um, so I'm looking at the people in Texas now, what they're going through, and uh, my heart goes out to them. So we don't expect those kind of things to happen, right? But when they do, so it's got me thinking with listening to the Ice Age Farmer, listening um, now watching what's happening in, in Texas. And I've been thinking, I said, okay, what am I missing here? Like what could more could I do in my little space? So I'm going to get a small little, not a gas barbecue, but it's just like this kind of the size of, you know, you could put one pot on it type of thing. And you can buy some cans of, um, apparently this one is butane gas. And so I could do that, not indoors, but I, I would just do it on my balcony if ever came a point where we lost power for several days. So that's um, kind of an inexpensive, it's not very expensive to buy at all. So I might buy that to have that. And you don't want to spend the money in a sense because you say, I may never use that. But I'm thinking if it happened in the winter here, you know, I'd be happy if I had one. So it's, it's just giving some thought to, you know, what can we do at home? For example, I, I've... I had a flashlight with no batteries, and I said, okay. So I went and I got some batteries for my flashlight. These little things that might make our life simpler, should we have uh, a challenge that comes about that's unexpected? And um, I really hope that the food shortages don't happen, and I don't... I think it would be devastating because then, you know, people would be stockpiling, and we'd have the same issue as with the toilet paper when uh, COVID hit, and, um, you know, it would just be awful. And I just hope it never comes to pass. And, uh, but I suspect that the higher prices will come to pass. So anyway, that's what I'm doing in my little world. Um, I hope it's helpful to you. And um, I'm looking forward to speaking to you soon. I'm going to end by once again dedicating... And thanking Dr. Vernon, who uh, I will also put a link in the description. I'll put Dice H. Farmer and I'll put Dr. Vernon's link. I think he's an incredible man. 
and he's so dedicated and working so hard in his later years, you know, to get the message across as to what's happening with um, everything surrounding COVID. And he always ends, uh, as I mentioned in my first podcast, he'll say, thank you for listening to Old Man in a Chair. And so I'm copycatting and I'm going to say thank you for listening to a mature woman on a folded chair in her closet because she's been told that the sound will be better on her podcast than if she does it in a big room. So I hope that's true. Thank you for sticking around. I appreciate you taking the time. Bye.